Where's the manager? Oh, yeah. Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. Welcome to episode five of Car Selling Secrets. I am the co-host Doug Sprinthal with Florida guy. Oh, you want me to go first? <laughs> we got to nail this opening. There, there we go. And special guest today, Greg Davis. Cassie Schrader. Andy Bernard. Melissa Kirk. We'll be right back after these very exciting advertisements. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Oh, very clever, Cassie. I like that. Start me up, baby. We are back with episode five of Car Selling Secrets with the Walzer Automotive Group. Before we get to our special guest, who I've known Greg for, God, it's over 20 years. Been a long time, Doug. Man. A couple of news announcements. We talked about this on the Tom Bernard podcast. Due to flooding, I-94 eastbound in downtown Minneapolis is apparently down to one lane. So, and it could possibly get closed. So, for those of you that are not in the metro area, it's really crappy out. It's all the snow is melting. It's raining like crazy. Uh, do you have? Is the lake going in front of the Toyota store? It's uh, reaching its normal spring levels. <laughs> so, one of our favorite sports at the Toyota store, because uh, that's uh, it's built on the site of the old Lincoln Dell, which again was another swamp. The road, the frontage road floods out, and you watch people fly through there about 50 miles an hour, and it just it looks like oh. an alien invasion. <laughs> um, before we start talking a little bit more about the, the Toyota world, it, it does bring up something. I, I, I've got three teenage drivers, and you realize pretty quickly as a parent that they don't learn everything that they should in driver's ed, and you have to oh. teach them the real-world stuff. So we had a discussion about driving through puddles the other day. Um, if you don't know how deep it is, if you suspect it's really deep, the only what you really should do is go through as slowly as possible. If you really want to be safe, leave your door open so you can see how high the water is. If the water is up to the bottom of your doors, stop and back up. Mm-hmm. You can ruin yeah. a car really, really quickly. Um, if you go flying through the puddle in that method, uh, you can do something to the engine, which is called hydrolocking. A little bit of physics, I'm sure Andy will chime in on this. 
if you take if water gets ingested into an internal combustion engine, what is the one thing that uh, liquid can't do, Andy? Andy. Fly. Compress. <laughs> it, fly. Two things it can't do is fly. The other thing is compress. Sorry, we're not using a script here, as you can tell. So what happens is the piston runs into the water, doesn't have anywhere to go, and it breaks the pistons and destroys the engines. Oh. Bad thing to do. And then come see me. Yeah, then you get to come see Greg. I thought a car's pistons would be, I mean, so they can't compress when they break, but the explosive force doesn't break them? That's interesting. See, it's a little bit of a misconception. It's not actually an explosion that takes place. It's a controlled burn. So if you mm. hear, you know, in the old days when, yeah, time you remember this, before they had this modern fuel injection and stuff, you'd put too much load on the car. Floating you didn't have, the engine? You'd have uh, low-octane gas, and you'd hear it pinging. Mm-hmm. Mm. That actually yep. was the gas exploding. Oh. So what it really does is it burns super quickly. That's how, it, how cars power themselves. Hmm. But if you suck you water sound into effect it, again? Okay, this would be a good drop. Here we go. That's what it sounds like, 6,000 times a minute inside of an internal combustion engine. So anyway, a little pro-driving tip, and I'll tell a story about our parts director. He's been with a company for 45 years. It's a couple years ago, back when the corporate office was at the Toyota store. We'd, uh, we mooched off Greg Davis rent-free for a long time. But uh, he had just, the Brad had just bought a brand-new Altima and parked it out on the parking lot. Well, the whole thing flooded. So I drive in there the next day, and Brad's out there, and he's taking the floor mats out of his car, and he's just throwing them on the ground. I said, Brad, what are you doing? He goes, well, it's parked in a puddle during the storm, and the water was pouring in, you know, under the doors. I said, dude, call your insurance agent. He goes, oh, I can dry it out. I said, your car is totaled. (laughs) He goes, it is? Yeah, because all the electronics, all the computers and stuff are low down in the car, and you get that stuff wet, and it'll never be right again. Nope. It will take years, and you'll have all kinds of problems. So if you do do that and you have full coverage insurance, do yourself a favor. Get an adjuster out there. Uh, it's going to happen a lot probably in the next couple of weeks around the Twin Cities. Okay, enough pro driving trips. Without tips, without further ado, uh, Greg Davis, when did you start working for Walzer? Well, um, started out a little bit in the in the high school career, uh, doing the cleanups and the lot work. That would have been in the late '80s, mid '80s, I oh, think. Wow. Okay. And then my which, which store? The Chevy store, which okay. uh, is no longer in the group, but uh, we have a body shop up there in that uh, Plymouth yep. area yep. where I grew up at. Yeah. Now, your dad was a car guy too, wasn't he? He was. He uh, was an, uh, a manufacturer, a, a rep for the, for Chevrolet, and uh, so I had the good fortune of having him call on some of the Walzer stores, and he got his son a job, and <laughs> I didn't screw things up too badly, and uh, kind of parlayed that into a sales career in college, and then graduated from St. Cloud State, and uh, said, I'll try it in another six months, maybe another year, and that turned into 25, 30 years of uh, working for these guys. Great family. Great companies, you know, Doug. Yeah, no, I love working for these guys, too. They drive me crazy because everything changes all the time, but at least it's not boring. And uh, that I, I knew that you'd been with them a long time. I didn't realize you'd started out when you were in high school. So you went from a lot guy to general manager of our largest operation in the entire company. A lot of bumps along the way, though, but, uh, you know. <laughs> I remember a couple cu- of those. Yeah, <laughs> cut my teeth, but, yeah, it's, it's, been a, it's been a journey, a lot of fun. 
So tell us what's uh, what's new in the Toyota world. I know that there's some new products that have come out. A couple of them I want to ask you about, but what yeah, are you the, doing? The big one is the RAV4. That thing's been completely redesigned. Um, we've got a hybrid version that's going to hit our show floors in, in probably a couple weeks here. Uh, but that's been what everybody's been talking about is this redesigned two, uh, 2019 RAV4. Um, really getting some great reviews at the show this week. So... That's when I would take a strong look at the, the hybrid, or I should say the Highlander sales have been phenomenal. So the SUV, you know, um, those are really what people are looking for. It's is, still Is still RAV strong. the top-selling pro- product in the Toyota line? Oh, yeah, by far. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. I remember arguing with Charlie Swenson about that about six years ago. I said, you know, someday the RAV is going to outsell the Camry and the Corolla. It'll never happen. Not to, to, well, he was wrong. We've made that shift. About 70% of our sales now are those uh, SUVs and trucks. So Isn't that amazing. Are they going to trim the line down any because of that? Or? Um, they're actually adding some some new models in the next few years, just different variations of some of the smaller uh, SUVs. So, yeah, it should be exciting times for the world of Toyota. But I know, like... I have a question. Go ahead, Thomas. Is that a Minnesota or a Midwest thing, the SUVs? Because some, some areas you go that you don't see any SUVs. Is that a is that a northern thing? More is it more about the snow or the size of families? What what's that all about? I I I have to look it up for sure, but I think that's a national statistic. I think Rav is the top selling the number. Okay, it might be the number three or number four selling vehicle of any kind in the country. The top two or three are always pickup trucks. Ford F one fifty is uh, or the F series pickup is always the number one seller, followed usually either by the Chevy Silverado or the Dodge Ram, but I, I, th- I think RAV is right there with them. So people are, are they're moving away from uh, four-door sedans, the stuff that you and I grew up on. Ford has discontinued all their sedan production with the exception of the Mustang, and Chevy is, is pretty close. They've killed off a lot of uh, passenger cars. They built the last Cruze a little while ago. They're not making the Volt anymore, which is kind of a marketing problem, but... It is a shift, but I, you know, I think high-end luxury is still. That's mostly automobiles, because they're mostly old people like me that just dig four-door sedans and, unlike me, can actually afford them. So. Yeah, although you sit up higher too. Not only is it the all-wheel drive, uh, Tom, but people like to be a little bit higher, see the road better. So yeah. we're seeing that as a, huh? as a big driver too. I think people feel safer. Um, I know my mom had. Um, she got into a really bad car accident from her Crown Vic. Somebody like a truck just plowed right into the back, and the trunk went into the car. Yeah. I mean, it was basically half of a car at that point. And after that, she was like, "Nope, I have to get a bigger car. Huh. Like she has to do that." So she's always had a an SUV, and now she now she has an Escape. So it's like I think you feel safer too just by being up. I think you get hit by a truck and anything is not well, yeah. really a good Well, no, I know. You're lucky. Like, she's, she's lucky she's okay, which yeah, is great. Yeah, but I think I think people kind of might feel a little safe, safer if they're up a little bit. Could be. Uh, if we've got anybody listening that has questions about Toyota or any car stuff in general, you can always call in 952-800-1492. I do have a couple of pairs of auto show tickets to give away. We'll, we'll have to come up with some cool contest to do that in the next uh, 45 minutes or so. The only caveat is the auto show ends on Sunday, so you would need to be able to pick them up at our corporate uh, headquarters in Edina sometime tomorrow on Friday. But stay tuned, and we'll figure out a fun way to give them away. Maybe, Andy, you can come up with a really good trivia question. Hmm. You have time yet. All right. 
Oh, what else was I going to ask you? Oh, tell me, this is a new thing, and uh, now that gas is starting to creep up to, you know, 250, 260, 270 a gallon, I've noticed on the nightly sale reports that our hybrid sales are starting to pick up. I, th I, I can't keep up with all the new products. What is a Prius Prime? Uh, that would be your vehicle that'll run, you know, 20 or so miles, completely electric, and then you'll uh, fall back into your normal Prius after that 20-mile uh, charge. So if you live close to home, you know, you can get uh, to work on a full okay. charge, plug that thing in, do the same thing, do it repeatedly, and in theory, never go to the gas station. So it's a, so it's it's a nice like concept. So it's like Chevy Volt, really, which I thought was a great car. They just didn't market it right. Everybody thought that was a battery-only car. And they've added all-wheel drive uh, now to the Prius lineup, too. So that's uh, going to bring more buyers into that uh, into that segment, I believe, as well. But really? we've got it on Highlander uh, Hybrid. We've got RAV now, of course. We've got uh, a lot of different variations. In fact, Corolla is going to hit uh, this week, I believe, with a hybrid version as well. 50 miles per gallon on a Corolla um, hybrid. So they're going to keep rolling out more and more hybrids. Uh, eventually, they'll probably get some uh, fully electric vehicles, but they believe right now where we're at that the uh, the hybrid technology that they've pioneered is still what most people are looking for. You know, I remember going to a dealer convention with Toyota, and Toyota does a great job with those things. They're, they're by far the best party to go to. Um, but w w one of the guys in research and development was giving a speech, and this has stuck with me for six or seven years. Toyota spends a million dollars an hour, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 uh, uh, weeks a year on research and development. That's just an astounding amount of money when you think about it. Sounds like living with Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they put it on the Visa card, though. I think they actually probably pay for it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe they do. Yeah, that's, hey, you know, research, that's what the whole game is now, is it's all research and development. That's what it is, isn't it? I, I think you're right. And, and it's interesting because Toyota's not alone in this rush to hybrid and electric vehicles. But I, it doesn't seem like the public's caught up to that yet. I, I think it's either a big fix is in and gas prices are suddenly going to shoot up or these big auto manufacturers know something that the rest of us don't know. I don't, I don't know what it is. Andy, do you have a theory? <laughs> no, I don't. Oh, jeez. Come on, guys. Well, uh, I'm I didn't right get a whole lot of sleep with. last night. And we're... What the hell's that got to do with it? <laughs> I can't think off his the cuff. Bra his brain's not working Yeah, today. exactly. And Melissa's Mine worrying about her flooded basement. Because it's flood season. You have a flood. Oh god, oh, that's yep. not good. I do. All right, let's let's make situation. we'll make this first contest simple. Uh, first person to call the studio number nine five two eight hundred fourteen ninety two, with the address of the Toyota dealership. Oh, even better yet, the bar that's right next to our Toyota dealership. <laughs> Just <laughs> name oh, of the yeah, bar. There you go. Uh, we'll win like a it. pair of auto show tickets. So somebody get on there. If they don't know Bloomington that well, you could probably Google Map and figure it out. So. Oh, but if you do, you got an edge, so you better call quick. Yep. No I kidding. Know. <laughs> well. Do I count? No. <laughs> it's, it's, oh, you know? Oh, I know. Everybody knows. I grew up in Bloomington. And I'm not going to give it, it away because that would spoil it for the person that's going to win. But here's, here's the frustrating thing. I, you know, I'd worked in marketing on and off for years, 
and this is probably eight or nine years ago, I'd get calls from either vendors or a lot of news people. You know, they were interested in the recession and when Toyota went through the whole uh, unintended acceleration crisis a few years ago, the Channel 5, 9, they're all calm. They want to stop in and do uh, stories. And we figured, well, we can, if we can spin this, it'll be free advertising. So they say, where are you located? And give them the address, American Boulevard in France. And they'd kind of be puzzled. And then they'd say, oh, it's right next to the answer to the trivia question. And they go, oh, yeah, OK, no, right where it is. OK, we've spent millions of dollars advertising on KQ, all these radio stations <laughs> to, for the Toyota store. And the bar next to us has spent virtually zero. And everybody knows where it is. It's where everybody goes to know your name or whatever. It's not Cheers. That's in Boston. Jeez, you really didn't get any sleep. No, I didn't. <laughs> we don't know why. Oh, either. what are you going to do? Is it called Booze Hound Heaven? Yes, that's right. I thought so. That's I thought the that name. was the case. It's kind of cool. In the waiting room at the Toyota store, there's a painting of the inside of the old Lincoln Dell. And there's, you know, it's a bar scene. There's people smoking cigarettes. There's somebody on a, you know, a rotary dial phone. It's, and it doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but it's been gone for quite some time. Really? Yep. Next time you're in there, That's take a look good. and you go, oh, I probably know that guy. Well, Is our, it the rusty scupper? Oh, I can tell you some stories about that if it wasn't a, <laughs> it wasn't a family-rated yeah. show. That's about the <laughs> end of our first segment. About. We'll be take a short break and we'll be right back. It's Tom Bernard with CEO Michael Bilski from North American Banking Company. Michael, we spent some time talking about your free app and money transfer service, XCheck, which is just great, by the way. You can transfer money to your kid to travel home from college and lots of other uses. I got wind of another service you provide at North American Banking Company. What's this Super ID I've been hearing about? Great question, Tommy. Super ID uses your face proof and your finger proof to keep your identity and your money secure. It's really a foolproof way to protect your family and your business from identity fraud. It's simple, fast, and oh, the best part is that it's free to our customers. Super ID, super easy, and super secure. Visit nabanco.com or see my personal banker to get the scoop on XCheck and Super ID. North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC and an equal housing lender. Tom here. Over the years, you've heard me go on and on about my eyes and how great I've been treated by the folks over at Whiting Clinic. Well, it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States and the trusted LASIK provider around these parts. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts that they are, they want to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. For a limited time, mention my name and receive an additional $300 off your LASIK. That's $300 off Whiting Clinic's already low price for LASIK. Trust your eyes to Twin Cities LASIK experts. Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. Visit whitingclinic.com or call 855-554-2020 and don't forget to tell them Tom sent you. Offer expires March 31st, 2019. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offers. Oh, she's playing the hookers for hire music. What? Isn't this American Gigolo? Yeah, it was featured in them. Yeah. Oh. See? Are you a Blondie fan? Am I? Yeah. Yeah, I I actually did like, I I like Blondie. 
I, I, I liked her as a person. I never really would cared for the music, though. I never thought she was that good. But that's just me. Well, and she has more hit records I, than I do. <laughs> well, just, you know, but then so do, like, uh, you know, the Trashmen. Right. But, you know. Practically anybody has more hit records than I do. We're yeah, still waiting really for a first true. caller for no. the free auto show tickets. We got a, oh, well, oh, he we just did? hung up. Oh, no, dang it. Way to go, Doug. Scared him out. Scared him away. 952-800-1492. Name the bar right next to a Walzer Toyota in Bloomington on American Boulevard, and you'll win two sh- uh, tickets to the auto show. The show is cool this year. They've got some really awesome stuff. We had Scott Lambert in last week talking about the, the trio of Ford GTs and the GT40 that are down there. Luxury Lane, Camp Jeep is groovy. There's 600 cars down there to look at. So uh, if I was shopping, I would go down there and check it out. All right. Hey, Greg, do me a favor. Don't leave because he said groovy, okay? I, it sounded like you were going to hit the road. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Tom. He's old school. Yeah, he is old school. There's nothing wrong with that. I want to hear more about the car, the, the auto show. So what did they bring in? Like, what is that? What was that uh, vehicle? I think it was a Bugatti that just sold for $19 million. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They have different classes of auto shows, and I think we're a B or a C in the Twin Cities. Oh, really? The big oh, okay. ones are Detroit, L.A., New York, and Chicago. And, and, and those are the ones that have the ultra-exotic cars. And we get some cool stuff here. But it's really more aimed at the, the stuff that most people drive around here. So, yeah, we're yeah, not going to see the true. $18 million Bugatti in uh, the convention center. Would be like to see it, but. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, do, they, do, do they know yet who bought that car? $18.9 million, the most <sighs> money ever paid for a brand new car. I don't know. I think it might have been John, some guy named John Lastman. <laughs> yeah, Lastmental. Oh, by the way. <laughs> Nice job, Cassie. She sends me a message. Gianni Russo is going to probably be on your show. I sent the information to Lasshole. <laughs> <laughs> that's really nice. My phone really autocorrects nice, the Lasshole. I'm sorry. No, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> nice try. I thought it was very funny, actually. I thought it was fantastic. Well, now, we could join the Britney crowd now. She loves beating up on him. <laughs> well, he's an easy target, right? Yeah. Well, it's true, yes. He is an easy target. Do so, you, know you know this know. about him? He sold cars for a while. I did know that. What? Where did he work? I, I didn't think even know. he worked at Feldman's Mercedes, and he said he was absolutely terrible at it. <laughs> well, can you imagine trying to buy a car from him? Let me just point something out to you about the <laughs> interior. Uh, come again? Yeah, you do the chopper <laughs> trying to sell again. you a car, and you are. <laughs> You're at a Mercedes-Benz be dealership, right. and he's calling it a Chevy. That's right. Yeah. Well, that's true. That's true. It'll be, you know, happen, but you know. What are you going to do? I, uh, you know, we've talked about this before. I, Doug and I sit and talk about things, um, you know, what I should. Well, I bought the 2013 Mustang from, from Walzer because um, Doug teed the whole thing up. Uh, loved that car. I bought a 2014 Jaguar also from the Wichita dealerships. Loved the car. So I really am interested in, in, in this. You talked about an all-electric Jaguar that's coming. Is that going to actually happen? Yeah, I think I think they're coming out this year. It's a it's a all-electric version of the F-Pace, which is their, uh, I won't say groovy, although I think it is kind of groovy looking, groovy. Uh, crossover SUV. So. I'll find some more. Oh, it's inform- an SUV. Yeah, yeah. It's not a sports I'm car. I'm not buying. No, I want a sports car. Well, you all were bitching car. about the Mustang being rear-wheel drive, and said I got to get bitching. something all-wheel drive. Yeah, you were bitching. 
I was. I never bitch. See, I, I managed to get bitching and groovy in the same segment. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, it's like yeah, California, in 1974. I'm really proud to know you. That's all I have to say to you. So, you if you mean? want something with a little bit more, tra- well, let's do. Let's let's try to sell Tom a car. I did. I did it once on the radio. Actually, almost twice. Yeah, you did. You, so, you did twice. Actually. What do you? If you were not, to not have the Mustang anymore, what would you want in your next car? No, I would keep the Mustang. Actually, okay. to tell you the truth. But my next car, I love the body styling of Jaguars, but I need four-wheel drive. And does four, other than SUVs, does, does Jaguar do a four-wheel drive? I believe they make an all-wheel drive. My, my Jag product knowledge is terrible. I can tell you everything you need to know about the 66 E-Type. Um, but yeah, the oh, more, God, what a great car. Enzo oh. Ferrari said that's the most beautiful car ever made. But I, I'll have to do some completely. research. If you like the Jag stuff, I think they make an all-wheel drive version of the XJ, that big sedan that you have now. They do? I, I don't. I need it. I need get, to get one of those. See how easy he is? It's just a lay down. <laughs> get one of those. It's really, yeah, that's true. Get one of those Priuses and take the labels off and put Jag on the side. You'll never team. know the yeah, difference. Could, yeah. I could pull out. Yeah, I don't drive toasters. <laughs> Sorry. I don't Whoa! Drive a Shots are thrown. What? No, that's cool. I get it. <laughs> no, I, I I don't know. I just I am. Um, well, Greg, to tell you the truth, uh, I've I have owned uh, a Tesla Roadster. The I tend to like sedan. Well, look, I grew up in North Minneapolis, so sedans. If you if you had a sedan, that was like the greatest thing in the world. So it does it. Do you find with most car buyers that they tend to want what they grew up admiring? Is, is that ever come up at all? You know, I, I, I see that in not people's primary vehicles, but uh, oh, okay. they're fun cars. So people like that are my age or a little bit older, you know, they'll go out and they'll hunt down that 67 Camaro they always wanted. And they'll oh, spend yeah, a fortune yeah. on it and they'll drive it 3,000 miles a year and sit in the garage and drink beer in the car. And that you see, I do see a lot of that, but... I, you know, cars are so different now than what we grew up, yeah. up in. There are whole segments that didn't even exist that it's really hard. I think other than some of the Chrysler product, um, there are very few cars made now that are, are at all similar to the stuff that we grew up on. I, I take that Ford and Chevy, yeah. you know, with a Mustang and then a hot rod Camaros and stuff like that. That's probably as close to 60s muscle cars as you're going to get, but... You know, they didn't have S. I saw an original Ford Bronco going down the road the other day, and I'm like, God, is that a primitive pile of crap? He was driving in a snowstorm, <laughs> and it was, really a re- nice. it was a really nice one. I mean, it was completely restored, but those things were really primitive. And you compare a, you yeah. know, a 66 yeah, Bronco to a, you know, a Highlander or RAV4 or anything like that, it's just it's not even close to being the same vehicle. I suppose, yeah, I suppose that is true. But I just... Uh, I often wondered about that. The people, because my the reason I love Jaguars is because my brother-in-law Pat O'Brien had. A, I, I don't even know what kind of Jaguar it was, but it was just God. I thought that car was be. It looked like a small Rolls Royce. What 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 would, it would have been in the 70s, 60, late sixties, seventies? It looked like a small Rolls Royce Phantom. Is what it looked like. Well, they had the. I think they were called Mark Twos, which was their big fancy sedan. And it was a really English-looking car because it had that round oh, back. Really and nice. That's the one. Yeah, that's exactly the one I'm talking about. I think that's called a Mark II, and that's Boy, that's that through the mid or late '60s. I, I'm really, 
I'm not working with Google today, so this is approximate. Melissa, you look just completely fascinated. I'm just interested no, she's in, in the, the cars. conversation. No, it's, it's cool. I'm just teasing. Yeah, she's in. She's into cars. I'm, absolutely. I know cars a little. Yeah. If we have the super coming, Doug. That oh, that, that's, that's right. That might be worth talking about. That's yeah. Uh, three four months away. The all new Toyota Supra, which you know Toyota doesn't have a lot of things that are super fun or you know cars that you think of. I want to own it. Like and it's interesting to. because once upon a time, Toyota was known for that. They built, you know, the Celica, Celicas, yeah. the MR2. Yep. They MR2s. built a lot of really groovy stuff. And so now they're just a, like yeah. the largest automaker in the world. You yeah, said groovy again. I did. I'm You're sorry. Right. I'll leave now. So tell us about You're the Supra. Out of the how many horsepower? How fast is it? You know, that thing's going to hit um, in a few months. And uh, you got a little taste of it during the Super Bowl. They, they had a nice commercial about it. So we're, we're hoping we'll see some in September. And it's going to be, uh, you know, I, I don't even know the specs on it. I apologize. But, uh, but, but the make, lines on just it. Just make something up. Say it's like 800 nine. horsepower. There you go. It sounds go. good. Yeah. Like a gorilla. Eight, I like 800 horsepower. Works for me. So how many do you think you'll get? I assume it's a really limited production. I think we'll get car. a handful, like three to five of them. Uh, for a year? Yeah. So that's a, a you don't know this, but well, Greg's store car. sells about 3,000 new cars a year, right? Yeah. Oh, so to that's get pretty good. So, yeah, I mean they're in the top fifty Toyota dealers in the country. So to get three to five gives you an idea how limited this car was. I, uh, it's an interesting story because at one time the Super was was very popular, and then the last version they made, which I think was what ninety five through ninety eight, it did not sell very well. They sat on dealers' lots for a long time. They were a difficult sale. Toyota killed the car, and then two years later, a movie came out that just blew up the Supra used car market. And that was the first Fast and Furious movie. As soon as that movie oh, came really? out, people lost their minds. They were paying more for used Supras in the early 2000s than, uh, than the cars sold for when they were brand new. It was really quite curious. And, and hardcore street racer fans have been begging Toyota to make this car again for almost 20 years. I'd forgotten about it. I'm glad you brought that up. So if you want to get your name on one, uh, just get a hold of Greg G. Davis at, at Walzer.com, and he'll be happy to take your money. Absolutely. And oh, give you a nice sense. car. You know, I want to I ask you guys about this because marketing is a big thing to me. I, I enjoy marketing, reading about it. Uh, and for, for, you know, at least the last five years, I've been going around talking in Vegas and in Atlanta and Chicago and all these other places about the marketing right now in America is, I think, way offline. I just don't think they're paying enough attention. People are living a lot longer than they used to. And I was talking about the fact that people 55 and over hold $217 trillion in assets. I just saw something that came out uh, about from an independent study, and you guys would know a lot more about this than I would, but I was just told that I believe 60% of all new cars are sold to people 55 or older. Yeah, is I that true? think that's right. I think the average age of a new car buyer is just either side of 50. It does depend a little bit on the product. Um, yeah, sure. Like Buick will skew a little bit older. Uh, Mazda skews a little bit younger. But if for sure. the, the industry average is pretty close there. You're, you're exactly right. These manufacturers uh, yeah, come about out. that for years. And you're right. These manufacturers come out with these first-time buyer programs all the time. Mm -hmm. The dealers know that the real first-time buyer program is called the used car lot. That's where people get started. <laughs> that's that's really true. Is. That absolutely is 100% true. That's why I think. Do you think 
Uh, no, I'm not talking strictly about the automobile business, but I'm talking about business in general. I just think a lot of the marketing is way off base because you're talking to people who are not going to buy your product. And again, I'm not talking about cars, but a lot of things are sold to people that are just never going to buy your product. Uh, do you think marketing or, or the way things are marketed is going to catch up with reality? Anytime soon. Well, I would I would hope so because where to typically the marketing demographic stop? Is it sixty or sixty four? You know, they it's like mm, eighteen to twenty four, yeah. twenty four to thirty, mm-hmm. and then it stops right. there. But you're right; people are living a lot, lot longer and and much healthier lives. Uh, yes. So maybe they need to spread it out and do some research. I mean, it'd be weird to think somebody'd actually be interested in selling more product and having to do some work. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is that. I mean, it makes everything very difficult. And honestly, that's but, one of the reasons that we continue to work with you, Tom, is because we get customers in all the time in all the stores going, eh, I heard this you guy's jerking around on KQ. I'm finally here. Okay, sell me a car. Um, you do have a pretty wide demographic for a radio show. Yeah, but, we do. But, you know, yeah, your, true, your yeah. audience does tilt to that probably 45 to 60. I would imagine mm-hmm. that's probably your largest segment, isn't it? Yeah, I think right now 45 to 75, actually. You know, I have a client, uh, what's Nutramost? And and, uh, they're they're basically looking at um, selling to an audience or or helping an audience that is somewhere in the 55 to 75 area. And a lot of businesses ignore that demographic. It's a huge mistake. Yeah, I think you're right. They need to really wake up and, and realize that's there's a ton of money there, and they're going to live a lot longer. You know, look, I remember the first time I saw the Grapes of Wrath, and they're riding in the pickup truck, and Ma's in the truck, and the two boys are in the truck, and one of them turns to the other guy and goes, I'm really worried. Mom's getting really old. You know, she's 55. <laughs> It's like, what? Here's the other side of the coin. I'll tell you this quick before we take a break. I talked to my dad who lives in North Carolina on Sunday, and he goes, you know, I think the time's come. We've had a long conversation. I think it's time to sell the sailboat. He lives in the ocean. He's got a 32-foot Really? Yeah, he'll be 89 in August. Mm. Now he thinks that it's no longer safe to go out sailing by himself (laughs) at 89. (laughs) Well, but that's exactly what we're talking about here. He's almost 90 years old. Um, Catherine's parents are 92 and 95 years old, and they're both healthy as hell. It's a different world now. It really is. All right, we'll be back with more demographic talk and Toyota talk. If you want some free tickets to the car show, somebody call in, 952-800-1492, and we'll be right back. Tom Bernard here. Hey, let me ask you, do you know me because you recognize my voice or my face? Good question, isn't it? Let me ask you another one. What do you think when I say priority courier experts? Do you know them because you recognize their trucks or do you know them by their name? Well, let me tell you something you might not know about my friends at Priority. 485 local drivers, 85 office staff, 37 million deliveries since 1997, and an opportunity for you to join their company. Drivers, you can join the fleet in your own vehicle or lease to own one of theirs. Or you can join the office staff and earn the most respectable pay in the business with 15 days off in your first year. Medical, dental, matching 401k, and a genuine chance for advancement. Just ask Robbie, who started in sales and is now director of recruitment. Over 5,000 Minnesota companies rely on priority because every time you call us, we deliver. 
Join the team today at Priority.com. That's Priority.com. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. And we're back for the final segment of Car Selling Secrets, sponsored by Walzer Automotive Group, Episode 5. We have a caller again. What did... All right, oh, we have a caller. Mm-hmm. There we go. Hey, Doug. It's Officer Dave. I knew it was you. <laughs> I was just yeah, saying baby. in the break, because Andy, Andy's like, ah, oh, we lost the caller. And I said, I bet it was Officer Dave having to handle a homicide or something like that. <laughs> no, no, yeah, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Hmm. <laughs> I, was just, I was actually just thinking about what Tom said about how, you know, what kids saw as and buying the car that they saw and really thought, hey, mm-hmm. that's pretty mm-hmm. sharp. That is exactly what happened with me and my Mustang. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't yeah, because I'd ever seen, you know, a 65 Mustang fastback before as a kid. It was because a friend of mine had a Hot Wheels car that was the Vista Blue Metallic with the Wimbledon White Stripes Hot Wheels car. I coveted that. Whenever we were going to run cars, I was going to run that car. Because it was, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. But I think, Tom, I think you're right on the money, at least with, with me, with that statement that that was what I wanted, and that's what I ended up yep. getting finally when I got to be a hundred thousand years old and could afford it. That, that's 000. some long. I knew you were about it. That's some long chain marketing when you think about it. You got the Hot Wheels when you were seven, and you didn't buy the car till you hit fifty-two. <laughs> well, there's <laughs> there there's something go. into that. Yep. No, that's but. That was right on. That, that was right on the money there. That it was. That was that one little Hot Wheels car influenced what I saw as my dream car and wanted. And that's just. I, I just had to weigh in on that because you were right on the money with that. Yeah, I mean the same thing with me is that my brother Terry had a Mustang and my brother-in-law Pat had a Jaguar, and today I own a Jaguar and a Mustang. <laughs> so there you go. That's that's pretty cool. Yep. I really and I oh. really enjoy that. As a matter of fact, looking back, my brother had the uh, was it the first year of the Mustang Fastback at '66. Is that about right, Doug? I, it was I either. Think so. I think it's either five or six. '64 and a half was the first year of the car, but if I remember right, that only came as a, a hardtop uh, coupe. Yep. Yeah, uh, yep. I think that's right. No, they had they made the '64 and a half was also a convertible. Oh, that's right. Yep, I, I stand corrected. It wasn't. Yep. And see, for me, I don't fit in convertibles. My head actually sticks up above the windshield of every convertible I've ever sat in. Okay, lurch. But yet I fit into that that 07 Mustang just fine. I don't know. I don't get it. I had one you would have fit in. I had a 68 DeVille convertible. It was longer than a Suburban, and it was a two-door. Man, that that was just an awesome car. It was oddly that, enough, that even though the car is 22 feet long, there was very little legroom in the back seat. I'm like, what kind God, of moron engineered this? Mm. Looked beautiful, but it's like, hmm. That's that's when you got to go to the sky blue '63 Lincoln Continental four door 
convertible. I had a 66, Just actually. like what Kennedy was yeah. shot. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a dream one for me, too. I had a dark, yeah. I had a dark big green long. I had a dark green 66. I, I, bought, I learned to drive in the early 70s, uh, I guess 74, 75, and then I started buying cars, and all, the, all that stuff was free in the 70s because nobody wanted to put gas in them. So my first car was a 65 Mustang, and I had a 66 uh, Lincoln and a 68 442. And, you know, I was buying these cars for hundreds, not thousands of dollars. And then you'd wear them out and sell them and buy another one. I wish I had kept them all. Oh, one more comment I thought of while you guys were talking early in the show about um, what they're not teaching kids in driver's ed. And one of the things I find is that I love to stop kids with their parents in the car for speed, you know, and just enough enough to stop and slow them down and say, hey, you got to pay attention. But kids are not being taught that automobiles will kill them, that they mm-hmm. can die in a oh, car. Yeah. They're not being taught that at all. And, you know, it's, my big thing is, you know, I'm 51 years old, and I say, I'm 51, and I'm still learning to drive. You know, you can't think you know everything, and these cars will kill you if you don't respect it. You know, I, I, I'm glad you mentioned that because it brought up something else I wanted to mention. I'm always teaching my kids driving stuff. And we were going, my son and I were going to St. Paul, I think it was. It doesn't really matter. And we're on uh, 52, uh, which is a four-lane uh, divided highway. And there was a truck coming in from uh, 494, and he's trying to merge on. And so I flashed my high beams at the truck a couple of times, and my son's like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that for? And I said, because truck drivers, it's, that's a tough job in the city. And if you flash sure. your lights at a yep. truck driver, it means, it's, it means I'm going to let you in. And you just watch what yep. happens. As soon as he pulls in, he's going to flash his lights back, which means thank you. It doesn't mean go pound yourself. So. It's, uh, <laughs> Sometimes it does. Well, no, they get that. So, well, I, I mean, you want to be not courteous a truck driver. to a truck driver, and you're going to let them in, flash your lights a couple times, and you know, make their life easier, and you'll feel he'll, good. He'll see it, and he'll turn the blinker on. Yep, yep. move over. I did not know my that. Dad, my dad drove a beer truck from 1966 to 1986. Huh. I learned all about driving and riding and what truck drivers do, you know, and how to give them the room because those things don't stop on a dime. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no they don't. Have you ever seen a, uh, oh, they don't need, called they, a truck runaway or whatever? Yeah. Oh, they're yeah, like, in the mountains. They're like half a mile long yeah. because that's how long it takes to stop. Yeah. They, they don't. Not yep. only do they not stop on a dime, they don't stop on a Suburban. So just don't pull right in front of them and slow <laughs> no, down fast. No, they definitely don't stop on a Suburban. But it is unbelievable. Nope, that's all I got for you. All right, Officer all Dave, right. thanks for calling in. You betcha, sir. Have a good one. See you in court, pal. <laughs> we got another call. I don't know who it is. Well, they can tell us. Go ahead, caller. Sounds like it's Joe. Hello? <laughs> it is Joe. Joe, what's up? Oh, okay. Lord. Yeah, it doesn't work when he calls in from work. I don't know. <laughs> he can't get the signal clear. No, it really doesn't. What are you going to do as we move on? We'll talk about Joe behind his back. No, that's not true. We won't do that. But Joe works, uh, Greg, Joe works for Ford down in Louisville, Kentucky. He used to work in the old St. Paul uh, Ford plant. And then when they closed that, they uh, sent him down to uh, to Louisville. And 
knows a hell of a lot about the car business, son. Very I, cool. I don't know. It's too bad that he wasn't. That and he, he still works for Ford. Yeah, in Louisville. Yeah, he does. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He does and indeed. His uh, girlfriend bought a uh, CRV from us, leased it, and like we're, I, we were talking at the top of the show about. If your car gets flooded out, well, hers got flooded out down in the flood in Louisville, yeah. and they got it totaled, so they had to buy another. You know, one. the Ranger's coming back, and uh, you know that segment, that little small pickup. You know, we were talking about trends. The Tacoma's been a really amazing seller for us, and people are looking for that smaller size pickup as well. Well, I was pitching the Tacoma on the morning show the other day. You get a heck of a lease on that. I think it's a four-door, all, uh, four-wheel drive, zero down for like two sixty-nine a month. That's that's like a $35,000 truck. Yeah, they put a pretty strong residual value of like yeah. 75% after three years. So wow. they anticipate wow. these things really holding their value well. But that, that's a hot segment like the SUVs is these little trucks. So Ford's decided to bring back their Ranger and, and a couple other of our manufacturers do very, very well with those smaller pickups. Yeah, I'll speak for I, Greg. If you have a used Tundra or Tacoma laying around mm-hmm. the house that you're not using very much, yeah. he'd be happy to buy it from you. <laughs> You'd be surprised what you get in a good way. I love the fact that I, I said, no, we're not bad-mouthing Joe just because he can't hear us. Joe sends me a uh, text. That wasn't me. <laughs> oh. so, so it's a good thing we didn't pick on him. <laughs> Someone who apparently didn't understand the dynamic. I don't know. You know, I've always wanted to ask car, car people this. I've never asked this question, but is it true that the Corvair was unsafe at any speed. Is that the most dangerous car ever made? Yeah, well, I mean, for a couple of reasons. The problem is, there was a few problems. The main thing was weight distribution and that they hung the engine outside of the rear axle. So when cars oh start to lose control and they start to skid, you, you want to have a car that's balanced pretty well, like a Mustang or a lot of modern sports cars. If you have all the mass at the very end and the rear end starts to come around on you, it's just gonna yep. spin out like crazy. The, the other thing, it was a, there was no frame on the car. They weren't very well constructed. Oh. There was very little yes, tank, right? in the front that would it, the, the car would basically just demolish if you ran it if you hit something. And the steering wheel didn't collapse. It would impale drivers. <laughs> other than that, it was a wonderful car. So that, Ralph Nader made his bones on that car, didn't he? Yeah, he did. On that I Ralph think, Nader? Yeah, I think the book was called Unsafe at Any Speed, if I re- wow. recall right. The Corvair, Unsafe at Any Speed. We have a caller, perhaps God. the previous caller. That'd be good. Go ahead, sir. Or Hello? Ma'am. Hello? Hello, are you there? Yes, we are. Hi, I'm wondering if the bar is called Joe Sensor. You are right. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> oh, look at that. <laughs> very good. Very good. That was, that. it's, it's so uh, funny. It, I can't tell you how many times I'm like, okay, here's our address, American Boulevard. And they, you get this puzzled look. And I said, we're right next to sensors. Oh, I know where you are. It's like, hey, dang it. <laughs> Would you it's care? It's a well-known it place. It is. Yeah, it is. Would you it care is. for a pair of tickets to the auto show? I'd love a pair. Okay, uh, get a pen, send me an email uh, when you get a moment, doug at walzer.com, and I will connect you with the person and make arrangements to get you the tickets. All right, thank you very much. You guys are great. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for calling. Please don't. All right, you guys have a good day. Have to put up with it. <laughs> I'm sure. He, I'm sure he's talking about you, Mr. Radio Hall of Fame guy. 
Yes, that's it. That's exactly <laughs> right. I'm sure he's not, actually. Congratulations. That's great. Uh, yeah, we don't, we don't want to inflate Tom's ego too much. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> Is this Catherine calling in? Uh, Tom's face? <laughs> 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 Thank you. No, you're great, Tom. Listen to you every day. I, I've always loved you. I want you to know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. That's right. so cool. Thanks, guys. How nice is that. We have That's a few so minutes nice, left and another pair of tickets. If somebody wants to call in and we just tell us do what, have a second caller. what their favorite Toyota is, 952-800-1492. Go ahead, caller. Hi, this is Jim from Ham Lake. Jim, how are you? Not too bad. I was just calling about the auto show. I got a 12-year-old daughter that has a list of 50 cars she wants to see there tomorrow. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> That's great. All right, well, we'll get you a pair of tickets well. for sure. Here's the deal. Can you get to Edina sometime tomorrow? I actually already have auto show tickets. I oh, appreciate you do? it. But okay. Yep. So you're just calling so to 50. brag about your daughter. I, I get that. <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out if you guys got any ideas of what I'm going to do about it. I only have four years before she's driving. Well, I will yeah. tell you, I was working, uh, this is before I came back to the Walzer organization. It was 2002. I found out that I was going to have a daughter, and I asked my boss, uh, you guys, Tom, you know Ted Turp. He's sure. got right. raised four daughters of his own. I said, Ted, I, you know, I'm cool with the boy thing. Give me some advice about raising daughters. And he goes, Save a lot of money. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, well, then. That's good advice, don't you yeah. think? I mean, that's really good advice. Yeah. My book. But so 50, did you say 50 cars? Yes. Oh, my goodness. And, and that doesn't include that 12. Well, wow. It doesn't include what? Any classic cars. Oh my God! Oh, wow. So she, she's she's well, ready. She's into that as well. Wheel. Yep. Is that because of you? Is it because of you and your wife, or just you? yes? Mostly me. My family is into cars. Uh, you might like to know, Tom, that I have a '63 Ford Falcon. Oh, oh see, I had a '60. You know why he brings that up? You know why he brings the '63 Ford Falcon up? No. Because that's the first time my father ever saw the devil driving oh. a Ford, 63 oh. Ford Falcon. Fun. What do you mean? Oh, no. It's part of my life. I got no problem with well, it. Well, I know, but it's still sad. I mean. He means that literally. That's his problem. Okay. Some people don't <laughs> quite get the extent. No, he, I, do, I do mean that literally. He used to see things, and he actually saw the devil and backed up two miles to get home. Oh. Drove backwards. Oof. So no wonder I'm such a clear thinker, do you think? Call, call her. What's your name? What's your first name, sir? <laughs> Jim. Jim, get a hold of Greg Davis. He'd like to slip your daughter a, a job application. She's a little young, but she could start on the product <laughs> tapes right now. I like it. I All like right. That makes sense. All right, Dougie. Thank time to wrap much. her up, Pally. All right, Thanks, it's been, a, been another exciting episode of uh, Car Selling Secrets by Walzer Automotive. Join us next Thursday at 2 o'clock Central uh, for something really exciting. It's a secret. Mm. <laughs>
This you're is why I sell cars for a living, and you're an internationally known radio star. You just love this. Yeah. I just screw everything up, and you sit, sit back and laugh. It was not me that said, you know who sucks, Doug. That was somebody else. It wasn't me. <laughs> Am I a joke to you? Am I a joke to you? There you go. We'll talk to you later. Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. Car Selling Secrets.